0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, our conversation with Chris Doring of the SEC Network as we look ahead to the 2022 SEC football season. And we'll go around the conference as Eli Drinkwitz takes shots at the Vols. Jimbo Fisher sells his program on national radio. And Alabama, Florida, and Auburn adds some big recruits to their class. Locked on SEC starts right now.
1: You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online—they have you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online—it is where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handle. Throws the ball. What a catch! Around the conference. And we start with Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri head coach, who is 0-2 so far in his career against the Vols, but that did not stop him from taking shots on Tennessee, appearing on the Jim Rome Show this week amid Tennessee's latest NCAA violations. Here's a little bit of what that conversation sounded like.
2: I thought you were gonna introduce my record, but with the latest allegations against Tennessee, let's hold up on what my record is because I expect him to vacate some wins. And that's going to help my record a little
0: bit. This is is getting
2: better. This is getting so much better. Can I ask you, I wasn't necessarily going to go there, but you would be the beneficiary of that. Can I, since you brought it up, can I get your reaction to the latest allegations against Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, uh, me personally, I got to question my wife's commitment to winning. You know, I mean, I don't know how much she's committed if she's not engaging in some of these things. I didn't know that was fair play. So, uh, you know, we got a, you know, it was a little bit surprising to see the uh, in-depth nature of what was going on there, uh, but I, I am sure glad that Tennessee was taking
1: some ownership of it, and, and uh, we'll see what the results are.
0: So, Eli Drinkwitz not afraid to take some shots at the Vols amid their uh, allegations. Again, he has yet to beat Tennessee since he's been in the SEC, and some people think Eli could be on the hot seat this year, but. Mizzou travels to Rocky Top on November 12th. We'll see how that one works out for him this year. Meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. He was on the Colin Cowherd show this week, and uh, Colin Cowherd was trying to ask him, hey, look, pitch me your best uh, recruiting pitch for Texas A&M. Here's a little bit of what that sounded like.
2: Listen, here's here's what A&M has. It has the most complete package of any school in, in the country.
0: When you're talking about culture of
2: university, this place is unbelievable. When you get here and you'll see it, the commitment to people have. It's top 20 educational school in the country, educations through the roof. The commitment that we have made to our friends is right now, we're building a new $160 million facility right now that's going to be state-of-the-art which no one in the country is going to have for your personal development and what we have. We have coaches that won the five coaches that have won a national championship. Ooh. We have coaches that have put as many NFL players in the NFL as we can. Afterwards, you're talking about this, we're the sixth richest school in the country with Ooh. an $18 billion endowment for Ooh. life after ball. You're talking about one of the two largest alumni associations in the country, at 550,000 alums. There's 109,000 people at every game. You're playing an SEC schedule each and every time. And here's the important thing: I want. Do you want to go somewhere that has won a championship, or you want to be the first to do it? The people you remember, the guys that really make a difference in the world, are the guys that are the first to do it. If you go somewhere else and just be another guy, you're just another guy. Come here and be the first guy to ever do it and set the standard for a new organization. Those are the ones that got statues outside that they talk about all the <laughs> time.
0: A pretty compelling case from Jimbo Fisher saying, come here and be the first guy to win a title here at AM and and you will be immortalized forever. I think it's a pretty good selling point on Jimbo's behalf. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart last week made a little news, if you caught it, uh, still kind of pitching for the end of the annual Florida-Georgia game being played on a neutral site. Kirby talking with Tim Tebow as part of the SEC Now coverage and He said, look, I think we need to break tradition on the rivalry game. He said, I'm competing against guys all across the SEC who host kids on their campus at their biggest game. There seems to be a feeling like both programs are at a bit of a disadvantage due to the neutral status of the game. Now, Jacksonville signed a contract with both schools that will expire in 2023, but they will have an option of another two years through 2025 if both sides agree to take up the two-year option. So... Could we see Florida versus Georgia back on college campuses? We'll see. A lot of people enjoy that game. A lot of people enjoy making the trip over to Jacksonville for it. But uh, you get what Jimbo's saying. It's a big game for us every year, or uh, Kirby rather. Um, It's a big game for us every year. Kind of weird to have it on a neutral site. It's a little bit harder to host recruits as opposed to bringing them into our house every other year. Meanwhile, speaking of Georgia, their linebacker, Nolan Smith, was asked uh, last week at Media Days, what road environment is the toughest he's faced? He said, Jordan Hare. said, a lot of people sleep on Auburn. When you go in Jordan Hare, you better be ready to play football. Of course, Nolan Smith, been part of the Deep South's oldest rivalry twice. Georgia won 21-19, uh, 21-14 in 2019 and followed it up with a 34-10 win last season. The Bulldogs have won the game for the last five years and, of course, hold the edge in the overall series. So, uh, interesting stuff there for Nolan Smith to tip the cap to Auburn for their environment. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, one of their big defensive linemen, Jaheim Oates, has been on a weight loss journey. Back in 2017, he went viral, tweeting out his measurements in eighth grade at six foot four, two hundred eighty-six pounds. When he committed to Alabama in twenty twenty-one, he was six foot four, three hundred forty-nine pounds. And Alabama currently lists him now at six foot five, three hundred seventy pounds. Uh, he did tweet that at one point he got up to four hundred sixteen pounds, but uh, that's a little bit too heavy. Not conditioned well if you're that if you weigh that much. But Otis has said he now weighs three hundred forty-two pounds, so that's quite a dramatic weight loss to get down to that he was the number 12 defensive lineman and number 71 overall prospect in the class of 2022 so we'll see if he gets on the field for Alabama this year meanwhile at South Carolina defensive lineman Rick Sandage his career has come to an end he shared a statement announcing his medical retirement shortly after Shane Beamer shared the news with reporters Beamer said that Sandage would still be part of the team even though he will not be suiting up in a tweeted statement, Sandage said he will be a recruiter for the Gamecocks. He would have entered his redshirt senior year. He had an ankle surgery last summer after suffering an in, uh, injury in the first scrimmage of fall camp. The former four-star recruit, playing 34 games for the Gamecocks. Over at Kentucky, quarterback Bo Allen shared his respect for Mark Stoops to the Kentucky program as he made his announcement to, that he is entering the transfer portal. He described the decision as the in the best interest of himself and his football career. He's been in Kentucky since he got there as a three-star recruit back in 2020. He was the number 21 pro-style quarterback in that class, number five overall recruit from the state of Tennessee. He joined the roster, remember, when they were having some issues. Terry Wilson and Joey Gatewood were the quarterbacks. But limited time on the field, Allen appeared in five games during his career for the Wildcats. Meanwhile, over at Texas A&M, defensive end Joss, Jay Zeon Harris will continue his career elsewhere. second-year defensive lineman, former blue-chip recruit. He's entered his name into the portal, played in two games for the Aggies last season, recording four tackles and a sack. He's reportedly looking to transfer closer to home. He comes from the state of New York, was a five-star recruit, number 15 edge rusher in the class of 2021. So we'll see where he ends up going. And some recruiting news. Caleb Downs, five-star safety and number one player at his position. Committed to Alabama this week. He's the number 12 overall prospect, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. Six feet tall, 185 pounds. He will play in the All-American Bowl following his senior season. So, big pickup for Alabama. Meanwhile, Wilkie Denaud is headed to the Plains. Blue-chip defensive lineman out of the state of Florida. He's a four-star prospect. Had a final of Auburn, Tennessee, Florida State, and Indiana. Six 6'4", two, uh, 235 pounds. He's the number 48 defensive lineman. So, another big pickup for Auburn in a class where they don't have many signees yet, but the ones that they have are all four stars and pretty good. And then the Florida Gators yesterday picked up cornerback Jakeem Jackson, a four-star 2023 corner out of the state of Florida. Chose the Gators over Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama, and Penn State. He's the number 168th player in the 24-7 composite ranks, the number 19 cornerback in this class. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you, guys, for making us your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Chris Doring of the SEC Network. First, I want to remind you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all the latest uh, – Reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball, NBA, uh, NHL, whatever it is, including college football. And they are starting to put up a lot of those different odds and ends, including uh, they have a few things like uh, betting on the odds for to make the upcoming playoff. You can bet on uh, Alabama plus 200 to be the national championship winner in 2023, or you can bet on any other team. So Bama versus the field or Georgia versus the field. You think Georgia's going to win the championship again back to back? You can get them at plus 500. So it's pretty good odds to be had out there if you think uh, Alabama or Georgia or anybody else going to win this thing. But Bet Online, they continue to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They got you covered. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device. Learn about all the action happening today. It is Bet Online and is where the game starts. Ron along here from SEC Media Days, and one of the best guys to get on when it comes to talking
1: all things SEC is Chris Doring from the SEC Network. It's nice to be on with you, man. It's nice to be talking about college football again, and, and just means the uh, the season's right around the corner.
0: Let's jump into this because I, I was down at the Manning Passing Academy a few weeks ago, and one thing that stood out to me: not only do we have a good crop of, you know, like quarterbacks who are intelligent and just good dudes like to talk to, from Will Levis to Will Rogers, yeah. Hendon Hooker. But like, this feels like quarterback is going to be a strength this year. Anthony Richardson, I feel like he's the forgotten guy. Yeah. But like, if if they stay healthy, like, it's a really good group of quarterbacks.
1: I talked about that on our show this morning. The thing that I'm most excited about is the depth of experience at the quarterback position. You go back and look. There's a pro- probability that 12 of the SEC teams are going to have quarterbacks that start for them with SEC experience and then you throw in some transfers that have started elsewhere outside of this league, you're going to have a lot of experience at that position is what you need to so To me, it signals that the SEC offenses may have a little bit of the advantage over the defenses this year but it's funny how that kind of waxes and wanes from year to year where you feel really good about the position and then you have a lot of questions for, in other seasons but this is one where you feel really good about what the quarterback position offers.
0: If I give you Alabama and Georgia the two best teams in the SEC, I I don't think that's very arguable. Who in your mind is the third best team? I know A&M gets a lot of conversation, but – questions at quarterback, who is the third best and team right funny, now?
1: It's uh, funny, Cole Kublik posed that to us at dinner last night, and we all kind of had different answers about it. <laughs> now, I here, Here's the thing, I think Mississippi State has a chance to be the biggest mover. Last year it was Ole Miss, getting to 10 wins kind of out of nowhere. I think Mississippi State has the chance to do that this year with Will Rogers, as you mentioned earlier, returning for uh, another season. Um, But I think the schedule in the West is is challenging, so I would actually go with Kentucky. I think Kentucky is probably the third best team in the league. I'm really excited about Will Levis. I think he'll be the star of the week here at Media Days this this year. And um, the improvement that he made as the season went on last year, it really points to to kind of how high the ceiling can be, especially getting a, a spring, getting a summer uh, getting fall camp under his belt, where last year he just showed up right before the season, so I, I just, I think he really is going to be the guy that uh, is the focal point for me this week here.
0: Uh, you know, the Maxwell Award watch list comes out, and we see a lot of uh, names on that list, but I, the guy I mentioned, Anthony Richardson, like I, I keep looking at the, the two new coaches, Brian Kelly here today, LSU in Florida, like everybody's kind of saying like, oh, it's going to take some time, but like I look at those rosters, like go, wait, wait, there's a lot of talent on both those rosters, like is there a chance LSU and Florida win some games this year they're not supposed to? I think so.
1: I mean, I think the team that maybe, outside of Auburn, Auburn's one that's really confusing and, and difficult to figure out, but I think LSU is one of those that has the potential for the most variance, right? Where, where they could you know, be a team that probably surprises you and wins 10, and then you know, would anybody be surprised if they end up at 500 after what we've seen the last two seasons there? I think Brian Kelly, after interviewing him in person in Destin at SEC spring meetings, was the one that was most impressive to me. He's got a, an air about him, got a leadership. Uh, Aspect that you can see why people want to kind of play for him and and fall in line. So can he get all that talent on the roster on the same page, which was uh, difficult to do the last two seasons in Baton Rouge? And then at Florida, you're right. I think the top-tier talent there, the starting 22, is in good shape, but they don't have the depth necessarily to sustain – You know, some injuries, God forbid. So hopefully Florida can stay healthy. But that schedule, man, starting the year against Utah, the defending Pac-12 champion, having Kentucky come to town in week two, it's going to be a real challenge for Billy Napier. And I I think Florida fans need to show patience and understand that this is maybe a, a longer rebuilding process than they'd like.
0: Alabama and Georgia, is there a chance we see role reversal this year? Let me explain what I mean. Where Alabama was the high-flying offense last year, pretty good defense, but high-flying offense and scoring a ton of points. From what I saw from Georgia in the spring, Stetson Bennett looked as comfortable as he's ever looked. They're flinging the ball over the field. They lose a ton on defense. Like, could Georgia be the high-flying offense Defense pretty good, not as good as last year, but Alabama, the bone-crushing defense, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and maybe Bryce Young takes a little bit of a step back, and by that I mean you lose Jameson Williams, you lose John Mechie, it's an understatement, just go, no big deal, like, those new guys may gel, but I think like we could see more Alabama yeah. get back to that
1: round and pound again. You make some some very important uh, points, and I, I think one offensively, I still worry about Alabama's offensive line. I didn't think they were very good last year. They're very consistent, and then receiver, we saw what happened in the championship game when, you know, Mechie wasn't in there and Jameson wasn't in there. So, you know, can they find some guys? I know they got Jermaine Burton coming over, but uh, can, they, can they figure out a way to provide Bryce Young with some of those dynamic weapons that he had at the beginning of the year last season? Um, you know, for Georgia... I don't know how much they get away. When you have a head coach like Kirby Smart that believes as much as, as what he does in, in defensive football and not necessarily putting your defense in harm's way, I don't know that they'll necessarily open it up and, and be as wide open as what we saw uh, Alabama the last couple seasons. But I do think you have to play to your strengths. And last year it was playing to the defense. This year with some questions on that side of the ball and losing some production, maybe you do have to be a little bit more aggressive and maybe you're – comfortable doing that because of the experience you have with Stetson Bennett last season.
0: Yeah, I just think you had Eric Gilbert with Brock Bowers, all those weapons, man, it's going to be it's gonna be dangerous. Give me a couple teams I'm putting in, like, that sneaky category. Yeah. Like, Arkansas to me is sneaky. Like, if K.J. Jefferson, everybody loves him, and, man, you need to go a game-winning touchdown, go down the field, go win you the game, he can do it. But, like, does he
1: take that leap this year? He did it with Traylon Burks. Who, who's going to be the one that, that picks up the slack for the departure of Traylon Burks? I, right. I, that's a question for me. Um, very one-way-or-another opinions on Arkansas. I, I thought that they – I love Sam Pittman. I love what they're doing there. The fact that they've been able to keep Kendall Bryles and, and Barry Odom in place as their coordinators has been a key. But I, I really believe that the, uh, the the problem for them is they may have overachieved the last couple of years, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Again, Arkansas every year we're talking about the same conversation of how difficult their, their schedule is. They have another year of, of facing that tough schedule, so I, I think they may take a step back. Mississippi State is the one I told you before. I expect to be the big mover, but the dynamic that really kind of interests me that we're not talking about enough is who's that second-best team in the East. Yep. you got a group of Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri that are all kind of fighting to, to kind of come out of the bunch there. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm high on Kentucky, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee – was maybe that team that uh, made that push forward too?
0: All right. What's Chris Doring's off-season been like? Because I know you, you you're every day in the weight room, right? trying to be in the weight room a lot. <laughs> I
1: enjoy the training aspect, but uh, been a little inconsistent with my travel schedule here recently. I actually, had uh, a chance to go over to Europe and went to Wimbledon for a couple days, which oh, nice. was cool. Heading to Hawaii on a father-son trip with a couple other father-sons before my son heads off to college, and so it's. Um, you know, I've been a little bit uh, busy. I haven't exactly got the rest and recovery that I needed this offseason, but by the time we get to, to kickoff in uh, early September, I'll be ready to go.
0: Not only are you getting old, but you make us all feel old, who watched you play college, and now you're sending all these kids off to college, and it all makes we all just feel collectively it, isn't
1: old. It, isn't it humbling, man? I, you know, I, with, with Coach Chiswick now going back to, to the coaching ranks, I think I'm the oldest college football analyst we have here now at the SEC <laughs> Network, so it's uh, humbling for sure. He is Chris Doring from the SEC network always fun to catch up man thanks so much for the time cg
0: good to be with you chris goring chris (laughs) goring right here on locked on sec all right that's going to do it for this edition of locked on sec thank you guys so much for uh subscribing making us your first listen every day or thanks to chris Doring from the sec network for joining us to talk all things sec football We will be back next week with some more special guests joining us to preview the upcoming college football season again. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts along the Locked On Podcast Network, any school you're looking for. Locked On Aggies, Locked On Razorbacks, Locked On Gators. We've got you covered. Just go check it out. Search it wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for me. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.